entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long. It's hard for this pop. It's it's TBD, we back in the building, but we never really, I mean, like, but like, to be determined is like a thing that we really don't know about. But like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I felt like I knew what was finna happen when he got up on that court the first time. And by he, I mean James Hart. We ain't even going like sugar-coated. We're going to get straight to the point, like. I knew what I was talking about. I don't, I don't know what you think was fitting to happen, but the beard's really in Philly, and it's a thing now. Like, look at your face, yo. It's a great time. It's a great time, man. It's just a, it's a wonderful time to be a Sixers fan. It's just great. I'm just, I, I can't stop smiling. Smile is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nuts because, like. Leading up to him playing, there was a whole bunch of how can he mesh, what's up with his personality, him and Joel Embiid's personality, and all this weird things that I never heard anyone say about Joel Embiid or James Harden until now. Joel Embiid's not used to, you know, rolling hard uh, off of a screen. He's used to flaring and, and all these, you know, you know, different you know screens and stuff like that it's just like okay like, like whatever you hear that you know what that says to me you know what that says to me those people who don't watch sixers basketball because that comes from a place of oh he's doing this because he wants to shoot threes or he's doing this because he doesn't want to be a true big man blah blah blah, blah. when in reality the few times when he was running those types of pick and rolls and pick and pops with some guy, he who must not be named, it's like you're not a threat coming off the dribble. So me being able to be seven foot and catch and shoot and catch and shoot and dribble and catch and triple threat and do all that guard shit at the, at that size, that allows the offense to keep to be a little bit more free flowing than it would have been. But Ben Simmons couldn't do what James Harden do on the floor. So all that a pressure off that screen and roll, it's a reason why Tyrese Maxey is standing there by himself, catching the ball, making cheesesteaks, sending them joints out, putting new orders in, and then going and getting the bucket. It's a reason for that. Having that three-level threat initiating offense is something that we haven't seen in Philly since AI in them. And that's because the other bull couldn't do that stuff. He's not that guy, and that's okay. But what's in the city now is something different. And it's only game one. I can't wait, man. I look, look, I mean, I got the Sixers hat on today. Uh, I'm really feeling it. I was producing last night, had my whole, had a whole little, you know, 
Sixers, Joel Embiid, Harden, little snippet that I threw in there, montage that I threw in there. Look, I think James Harden might single-handedly save Doc Rivers' job. And it's like, okay, like, you know, what do you mean? How is James Harden going to save Doc Rivers' job? What are we talking about here? I've never seen the ball movement and the ball move so effortlessly in last night's game. I've yet to, I've never seen that since Doc has gotten here. And Joel Embiid even said it. He's never been that wide open in the fourth quarter in his whole career. He's, ne- he's, he's had to work for every single bucket throughout the whole game. He said he, he didn't know how to feel because in the fourth quarter, he was so wide open and things were, you know, he wasn't the only player getting double teamed on the floor. He didn't know what to do. He was, you could tell everybody on the team was so exi- so excited and had so much energy from just having Harden out there. And it's only the first game. It's only game one. Like it can only get better from here. Like, obviously, they have to play this way in the playoffs. Like, obviously, that's a thing. But for a first game to see the difference between what this team has looked like for the past year and a half until now, this first game with James Harden, it's, it's, <laughs> it is different. <laughs> it's like the players are getting a breath of fresh air. Like, think about it. The Sixers have been playing offensive basketball you know how in the duty when you running this shit and the smoke coming and you get in the smoke and you start coughing, <coughs> you finna die and shit. The yeah. offense was constricted. It was smuggled. You couldn't breathe in the offense. Yeah. You throw a gas mask on, you get a little bit of breath. You can't sustain it for a little bit. Make a playoff run or two. You might get a PDS, throw that shit up, get a whole breath of fresh air in the middle of the smoke. Jimmy Butler pops around. Cool. But the problem is the constricting smoke was Ben Simmons offensively. As great as he is, the things that he can't do shine most when the game is on the line, when execution is an important thing. So you take that element away and you insert someone who passes the ball probably better than Ben Simmons, more cerebral with it, and he's an offensive threat no matter when he no matter where he is on the floor. That's a component that the Sixers never had with their primary ball handling. That's the difference. That's why those guys are saying these things. That's why they're looking and being like, damn, this how the fourth quarter ball is supposed to be with a good team with a good roster. I could catch this joint two dribbles and I'm cool. I don't gotta hit three combos and then dump it off to him with four seconds left for him to throw up some bullshit. That's the difference, yo. And that shit right there is only going to get better. Because I think the one thing that I thought about most was, wow, first quarter, they took, what, 11 free throws? Those two guys be top five. Actually, actually, I think as a team, they had 16 in the first. 16 free, yeah, but they took 11 themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. They average about 10, 11 most years going to the line. So that tells me in the first quarter, if that's happening, imagine what happens if they get an eight-point lead, three minutes left. In any game, six-point lead, four-point lead. They can run offense with the effect knowing 
if someone wants to foul our ball handler, James Harden's knocking them joints down. Joel Embiid's going to knock them joints down. They're going to be the two guys with the ball in their hand late. It's not no more, oh, hack a bend until the two-minute mark. Great. Now we're negative four possessions in a row with no buckets, one point. That eight-point lead we had now is four. And that kills your whole offensive flow. That kills the entire offensive flow. Now guys are stagnant, catching and shooting instead of flowing and filling the game. Right. James Harden got the ball outlet pass. Maxi. Yeah, one, two. Yeah. They're having a different type of fun out there. That's only game one. Maxi's going to be the star, bro. I'm trying to – he's the – everyone wants to talk about Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is going to become the fourth option on this team. Tyrese Maxi's – Right, which is perfect. I, you know, now our Sixers fans going to be okay with him making the money that he's making being a fourth option. I don't know, but if we win a championship, Sixers fans aren't going to care. They ain't going to give a hey, look. Sixers fans will not care how much Tobias Harris is making if that Larry O'Brien is in Philly. There's no, no way, bro. If the Larry O'B comes to Philly. We're going to, beyond seeing the process posters and people walking, little white kids walking around like they was when the AI days with braids and now got beards on and shit. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey hair and, and shit like that because Tyrese Maxey is growing. He's already became that guy for the Sixers fan base. He's that guy that like, yo, y'all can't fuck with our baby. He's our baby. <laughs> Tyrese is the baby, you know, and nobody puts baby in a corner unless it's fucking James Harden on a screen and roll. And Tyrese Maxey is the is the weak side guy. Those wide open catch and shoots, James Harden. We've already seen it before he even played the game. He's talking to Maxey, teaching Maxey what he needs to do now because he knows he's the key to unlock the offense. Because mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, he's not going to come out and get. Six points every game. He's probably going to regress to the median-ish of this new offense. He might get 12 to 18 points, which would be yeah. fine because Maxi is going to be getting 18 to 22. Mm-hmm. Just because of how the dynamic of the offense is probably going to be. He's going to be getting a lot more minutes, sustained minutes. So the offense in general is going to be a great thing to watch. And it's going to be something that a lot of Sixers fans across the country are going to look and be like, this is a breath of fresh air to watch. I just have to give Maxi his flowers Balls real quick. Ground. My thing is, my thing up, is we have up, to, up, can, we, up. can we give Maxi his flowers hey, real quick? Well, because did you we? see? No, 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 it, not, no, no. Not can we, you go. Now, I mean, can we? The full, can we this is did a safe we thing. see? Did we see the Euro with the with the with the with the inside hand floater for the like did we see the 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 with the bro it, it's just like it's the hard effect it's just like why is that like like why like that's just too like just, just do two guys though like one step, and he's bull like that. But I mean, need you to, 
since you keep I've been on him. 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 You gotta stop this, Yates, because you you train a narrative that's not even true. Are we gonna have to pull those tapes up? Pull what tapes? There was the only tapes that are out there is that I said I was on, you know, I was teetering between thoughts. I didn't know how to feel about him. That's what I said. I don't know about this guy. We need a, we need a I said that. I said, I don't know about him. He shot 20% from college. He's not this. He. he I didn't know we was going to get the beard. It's not my fault. I didn't know we were going to get the beard. I thought we was going to have Ben Simmons. So it's like, we need shooting with him to even get, you know, maximize his talent. So, you know, that's where my head was at. It's not, look, it's not my fault. I, I, got, I can only look hindsight's a motherfucker, isn't it, Yates? You know, I if I would have known if we were gonna, gonna get the beard, I would have been, you know, I'm here for it all day. But you know, what I didn't did know I, that. It's not my fault. Not what my fault. did I tell? But what did I tell you in response to that? I mean, that? you told me that he was really, really fucking good. That's what you. <laughs> I told him, damn all that! I told you, damn all that shit. You talking? The boy got it. He's shooting a bad percentage because it's college. He got the form. He got the work ethic. He was going to be straight. Prior to Beard sliding through, he was coming through a couple 30s, couple sturdy games. Yeah, for sure. Just saying, I, man. Just saying. I, I, I just. He from Philly now, though, too. Like, I, I don't even really talk about, you know, him being from that big ass state of Texas. He from he Philly did. now. He going to get a D.C. chain. I feel like it's just coming. He's going to be with Harden. They're going to be with Meek. And he's going to get a DC chain. Which so, a lot of people felt a way about. I don't, you know, I just, first of all, that whole interview thing that wasn't recent. You know, with Harden talking about how he was going to hang out with Lil Baby and Dirk and, and Meek in the studio and then going to practice after it's just like that concern you for your is that like that your why would that concern me? I don't I'm just if he as long as he's hooping, I could I could care less. Bro, why why are we even making this a story? Michael Jordan used to gamble before games and then go out there and hoop and play. Like, cut this shit out. Like, y'all, y'all go. The, the whole nostalgia of Jordan, y'all love him so much, he did the same shit. So I'm not trying to, like, these guys live different lives. They can go go on a jet and come back. And, bro, they got money. They got different bread. They live different lives. Like, people got to chill out. Like, it's it's just different. Like, you got to understand that they're going to do certain things that may be weird to you because you've got a regular day job and you're working at the BK, nine to five. Like, it's just different. Like, they... They got a flexible schedule. You know what I mean? They do what they want to do. These guys are millionaires. You know what I mean? Like, how you think you're going to live the same life as a millionaire? You're not because you don't make millionaire bread. <laughs> Simply put, and like I like I understand that everyone wants their athletes to be like from the Kobe Bryant mold of like waking up at 4 a.m., two workouts, practice game two more workouts go to sleep like everyone is not that maniacal with the game and like you would like for everyone to be but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to turn into Kobe it's more likely that there's going to be pro athletes who are more like Allen Iverson than Kobe Bryant Allen Iverson's coming around 
Lord knows what he did the night before. He could have been down Delilah's. It could have been at the Sugar House. It could have been at Harris. You never know. Fridays. Mainline. Turn it into a club. And then he go go out and get 40. Like, Ron Artest taking shots in the halftime games and then coming out and getting another 30. Like, that's a thing. Steven Jackson and them Karamba is a whole, it's a, it's a long Thanks. list of guys doing things in the pros that you wouldn't hear about unless they told you, Thanks. which Harden did. So, I don't know what the pro, like, what would you expect him to do? Nah, bro, I can't. Like, he could mess around and be part of some legendary thing in music, which could expand his brand. And those are his guys. Like, this is the same guy who has his jersey hung up in the strip club. Like, you can't say that as like a funny aside when you bring up James Harden. And then when he tells you about a time where he was doing some wild shit behind the scenes and then went out and had 40, you hold it against him. Like, no, these guys Thanks. are humans who live a different life. And like, you can't have it both ways. And at the end of <laughs> the day, bro, bro, at the end of the day, I don't like, I don't care about necessarily as long as you're not doing anything that's like destructive or like you're hurting people, like you do whatever you need to do to make sure you come out here and hoop. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get how people are saying, Oh, like, you know, you know, Kobe would never, I mean, obviously, but Kobe was Kobe. Like you gotta be who you are at the end of the day, because I feel like if you try to be something you're not, that's when you don't succeed. Like you gotta be who you are and stay true to yourself and make sure that, you know, whatever that, is. I mean, AI, you take AI for example, you know, AI maybe could have done things differently, but at the end of the day, AI was who AI was. And that's why we love AI. Like that's why we love these certain players. That's why we love Kobe. Cause Kobe was Kobe and Kobe did shit how Kobe thought he should do shit. There's going to be a point in time where Harden's not in the league and Katie's aren't in the league and LeBron's aren't in the league. And we're going to stop like, criticizing them for the stupid little bullshit that we think was out egregious or that you know we didn't agree with and just respect the fact that they played the game their way they were great during their time and we enjoyed watching them play the game and that's just what it's going to be like if if athletes did come out and start telling about stories like during historic times like imagine if we had a show like that like oh Kobe Bryant's week of 50, 40, 50, or 50, 50, 50, or whatever it was. We go and we get firsthand accounts of what was going on around that time. And you hear, like, oh, Kobe was, went to, he, he worked out for the entire week. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Or LeBron James in the middle of the 3-1 comeback, he was out signing endorsement deals and, and throwing parties and partying and shit and he came back from 3-1. Like, if we heard those things more, these conversations that Harden is bringing up wouldn't be as, oh, shock value issue. It would be like, oh, wow, like, these guys did all that stuff and went out and produced at the highest level? Alright, cool. But that's how I took it. I didn't, I wasn't, I was, I, I didn't even have any, like, damn, like, why would he, like, I was like, damn, that's tough. I would have done this. Like, I don't know. Like, am I, I don't know if I'm tripping or I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just don't know. Cause I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, I don't. If my homies called me and was like, yo, I'm in your city. I know it's late. Slide. I also would assume that they not calling me on like a game day. Right. Like he said it was a practice and like, 
all right, I can come through late on a practice or I can come through a little off on a practice because that happens all the time. Mm. More times than I you see those those stars not even practicing at all. He could have not practiced at all that day and it would have been doubly weird. But he probably did. So it's like, I just don't know what people want from that guy. Yeah, I don't get it either, but I know what people want for a different guy. That guy DeRozan, a lot of people, especially in, in Chi-Town, they want an MVP for that guy. And it's just like, I feel them, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I feel them, but I don't. Like, DeRozan is, is, is playing at a very high level, got them number one spot in the East. Feel that for sure, hooping. But it's just like... It's just something different about a seven-footer playing like a guard. You know what I mean? I just, I mean, maybe I'm biased. I probably am. Fuck it. Sue me. Like, that seven-footer doing step-back Jays, like, uh, we you ain't never seen that before. We've seen, you know, mid-range killers come around before. Obviously not, you know, a lot of mid-range killers that's averaging, you know, 20-plus points and having, you know, you know several games of 35-plus. I understand that. That's 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 some special shit right there. But at the same time, I just can't put him over Embiid right now. I just, I just, I just, I can't. And maybe it's also because Embiid should have got his last year. So, you know, they got to give him his jaw. It may just have to be that. But I love you, DeRozan, but not this year. Not this year. Not this year. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> you know your campaign for Hayden Demar Derozan is going to new 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 lengths. What do you mean? I'm not hating Demar. I appreciate what Demar Rosen is bringing to, this. especially how. I mean, I don't think this is even talked about enough too about how you know late he is in his career. Like, it's not like like this is. I, I, I mean, I guess this is technically Derozan's prime still, but. If you go by numbers and like how old normally guys are in their prime, this isn't, I mean, you would think he he would start declining now, not, you know, still elevating his game. So there's no hate for DeRozan. It's just, and B's that fucking great. You know, I personally have differing thoughts on the entire process not just Joel Embiid, but the process of the MVP in general. I always feel like it's a narrative-based award more so than a production-based award for quite some time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of narratives in the NBA right now. The Bulls being a one seed is like a nostalgic thing. The Mark DeRozan resurgence. I don't know if the narrative would endorse a not-so-sexy name to be the MVP. And I don't think Embiid or DeRozan are as sexy as we think they are. You know, oh, the, no, casual, I... the casual NBA fan knows about Joel Embiid, but they think about him as the guy who's always hurt, not the guy who's having an MVP season. They hear DeMar DeRozan and they think of, didn't he play with Toronto and lose all the time to LeBron? Not the guy who's having an MVP season. So like, that aside, I still think Embiid gets the MVP, but I could 
absolutely a thousand percent see them burning Joel and B for the MVP. Not to say that the Rosen shit wouldn't be justified. Because he's doing some wild shit. You know what to that point is? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games of eight games of 35 or more. Yeah, yeah. Like, and to your point, like if they do give it to DeRozan, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be pissed because I think you know MB definitely should have an MVP under his belt. But like if they end up giving it to DeRozan. I wouldn't be as mad because he is doing some special shit. But the thing is, for the odds, DeRozan's still the sixth or seventh man in, you know, in Vegas right now. You know, Embiid still leads the pack. He's still got Giannis um, um, and Steph Curry ahead of him. So it's just like there's still, you know, several guys in front of him to even be, you know, really in that consideration. You know, Vegas is pretty accurate um, on, you know, who will end up being the MVP. But, you know, that's the only reason why I think I think this year with Embiid people, you know, I think they publicized Embiid enough and he hasn't been hurt as much uh, to where people are realizing, oh, wow, like he's crazy. Like the montages of him doing Kobe's moves and Jordan's moves, like that stuff is circulating on Twitter to where people are like, oh, wow, like he's a special player. Oh, wow. Like that's why they're saying he's MVP. So that's why I feel like, you know, more so this year, people who aren't, you know, crazy NBA fans are really giving Joel Embiid his flowers. But yeah, you know, if you were talking about last year, that's probably why he doesn't get it. Um, and, you know, I think that's why DeRozan's still further down on that list in terms of odds of winning the MVP, because, you know, he's not a sexy pick and people aren't really watching a lot of DeMar DeRozan games. Yeah. And I think the exposure for the Sixers in general has been a lot bigger this year. Um, yeah with the whole Ben Simmons situation and then obviously getting James Harden. Even before that, Joel Embiid was doing a lot, like a whole lot. And the exposure aside, I still think that he is the MVP, especially given the narrative of his second best player not being available at all and causing more problem than production. So how could he not like how would how would they make him lose the MVP? Like it would have to take DeRozan averaging 35, being the one seed, and like having a couple more signature moments that he's I mean, he's had a lot this year, a lot of game winners, mm-hmm. a lot of clutch shots, but Joel Embiid has been dominating in a different type of element this year so i i still think it's Embiid's to win or maybe it's it's Embiid's for them to take away because we know how they feel about the mvp and giving it to bigs and then i don't know i don't feel, i don't really feel like people in the media fuck with Embiid like that like the 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 shacks of the world are now doing that because he's doing the things that they asked him to do and they've been mm-hmm. criticizing him for to do. So in that sense, maybe it helps his case. But I just feel like some of the writers and the people who make the votes have some type of animosity towards him. I just, just a feeling I have, like, especially watching the MVP discussion last year. 
in how it went from best player playing to this guy played the most games and didn't miss any. And that's like, that could be looked at as a direct shot to Joel Embiid because he doesn't play all the games. But it's like, what's the narrative this year? Ben Simmons wants out. That's the narrative. Maybe I'm tripping. I mean, I hope that. I, I think, you know, I think people actually saw that situation very clearly, especially the Ben Simmons one. Um, I think they felt as though, like, it was never, I didn't really see too much that, oh, and B didn't do enough, or, like, I don't think people ever really agreed with Ben Simmons when he even tried to say that, you know, and B tried to put that Toronto series on him, uh, uh, that, you know, Hawk series on him, and he never put the Toronto series on on Embiid. Like, I don't think people really bought into that too much just because this whole time it seemed as though, or seemed as if, you know, Ben Simmons was fishing for reasons that he didn't want to play in Philly anymore. And it was clear that, you know, he just, you know, he was tired of the fans, uh, you know, crucifying him for blowing it time and time again. And he didn't want to take responsibility. And I think that's the thing that they respected about Embiid is that he's always taken accountability for his actions. And Ben Simmons has never really done that. So, they kind of took Embiid's side. This is like, this is a guy, look, he, when he makes a mistake, he can clearly, you know, own up to it. This guy over here, he doesn't like to own up to his mistakes and likes to project his mistakes onto everybody else. So uh, we're, we're going to trust that Embiid is telling the truth more so than Ben Simmons. So, I mean, I, I hope writers aren't going to slight him this year because I really do think he deserves it. And like, I, I really like right now trying to keep my bias aside, like, I just really have never seen a player of his of his size doing what he's doing, man. Like, it's just I've never seen a guy like that do a step back like that. Like, that shit is really crazy, bro. Like, I don't think like like that's just not a regular thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. But I've just never seen I just am amazed every time I see him do some shit. It's just like, bro, like, how are you that big and just so light on your feet like that and so agile i mean think about what just think about the state of what we're talking about like we're talking about a a seven footer being compared offensively at times based off of movements and, and shot selection being compared to kobe and mike like and kevin durant and we're in an era of basketball where we are now seeing certain types of players do things that the people before them maybe could have done, mm-hmm. but can cannot be even close to thought about doing. Like, we know Hakeem probably could be able to do the things that Joel did, but he didn't do them. Not to say that he couldn't, but he didn't. So, like, it's not a stretch to say crazy things that might be sounding crazy as they, like, 10 years ago, it might be crazy to say, yo, there's probably going to be a point guard who's the most skilled point guard ever. Oh, no way. That's Magic Johnson. Nah, like, Kyrie Irving is here. Like, oh, there's never going to be a better scorer of the basketball than Michael Jordan. Yeah, well, Kobe Bryant's here. Oh, well, oh, by the way, Kevin Durant's like a thing. So that's probably him now. 
No one's going to be more dominant than Shaquille O'Neal. Well, well, you know, Giannis is around here. But that Embiid guy is the most skilled at the position of all time. Like, those are not crazy things to say. They're just not. They're just a result of what we're watching in this day and age of basketball. And we're currently seeing the most skilled center of all time do things that he's not supposed to be able to do. Mm-mm-mm. From the all-star game, pump fake, two, three, windmill slam, next possession down, step back. Three. But can we talk about that? Like, if Steph Curry doesn't go off and yeah. bead wins all-star MVP. Like, not even. If Steph goes off right and he just doesn't hit two of those threes and <laughs> Kevin Durant's team wins, Joel Embiid gets MVP of the all-star game. Like, let's just throw that out there. That's probably true. That's probably true. But it's just like, like, I don't think, like, I think it's okay to say certain things that are like, probably true these days like it's not and it's not a slight towards the other players like saying that Joel Embiid is the most skilled center ever does not mean that he's better than x y or z it just means that individually he's more talented than that guy like if you take away accomplishments and but that does mean that yes that does mean that it doesn't mean that they're better players and it's okay to say that though they're two different conversations like if i asked you who's the best scorer of all time who's the greatest scorer of all time those are two different questions true because the greatest scorer of all time is lebron james like, that's not a question. He's number one in scoring. He averaged 25 for Lord knows how many seasons. That makes you the greatest scorer ever. Now, does that make you the best scorer ever or the most skilled scorer ever? Those are completely different conversations. But what if, what if, what if people say that you're playing semantics right now? That's not what this is about because it, it's it's just different. Like the basketball aspect of the game is a different thing. Like both things can be true. Because if we don't, if we try to talk in just those finite things, then we're going to have to leave people out of certain conversations and we can't do that. Because like, it's disrespectful to compare LeBron to Mike when you should compare him to Magic and Oscar. Because he's not thought of as a scorer like Mike is, even though he has more points than Mike. Right. That makes sense. You compare, you got to compare people and put people in the boxes they're supposed to be in. But see, I and think your they, way is I think your way is better because I think you're showing love to everybody. You have to, because if they fill a cup <clears throat> or if they fill a box and then the talent that they have starts to overflow into a different box, you have to allow that to you have to allow that to happen. I'm not about to just put Bron in the playmaking only category. I'm not about to put Kobe in just the scoring category. Multiple, multiple double digit time defensive player, things like that. Like those are also things that are not talked about. Fair. So why would it be crazy for me to say that Joel Embiid is the most skilled player I've ever seen in that position? Just like Kyrie Irving probably the most skilled I've seen at that position, but that don't make him better than Steph. Just the name of the game, man. I just maybe that's just how I see it. I don't know. I, th- I mean, 
if I'm going to say that Joel Embiid is the most skilled big I've ever seen, I would say that he's the best big to play the game. If he's the most skilled, like if he's the most skilled, like not talking about wins, like obviously, you know, winning is an important, you know, part, but that's also, you know, there's a team aspect in that, you know, there's guys around you, especially from the big position, because you're not a guard, you have less control over the game. You're, you're more has to give you the ball. Exactly. So, so when you, when we're talking about, you know, bigs in, in particular, if I'm going to say Joel Embiid is the, is the most skilled big I've ever seen or the most skilled big in the NBA ever, I'm going to say he's the best big to ever play the game as well, just because he's so skilled that it's like nobody else could really like compare to him. Like obviously other players are more dominant and different facets of Joel Embiid's game, but nobody's as great and skilled as he is in all those areas, which is why I think it's okay to say that he's the best big to ever play in the game so far because of how much skill he has. Different conversation. Because you're not starting a team with Embiid before you start the team with Shaq. I don't know, man. Or Hakeem. You're not, you're not, you're just not doing it. Right now you can say that, but like. Period, you're not doing it. Because you know that, say Embiid ends his career with one or two championships, different conversation. But a guy with no accomplishments in totality of his career compared to those greats who dominated as well as Juan, can't take him over those guys. Maybe I'm foreshadowing. Maybe I'm foreshadowing. He might be, but even if he is the most skilled of the bunch, once you get up here and then the accomplishments come with it, shit's over. But he is for sure on the short list of centers. It's not even a question. Right. Which is true. We give him his love, but he's you know on the back end of that. Definitely. Different. Different type of conversation, but it's just like, like we're we're in an era where these these conversations are going to have to be had way more because we're seeing guys be more polished offensively versions than the greats who they could resemble, and that's fine. It's okay. It's just it's it's a safe space, man. It's a safe space. That's all I'm going to say. Unless. Unless you're trying to force feed people down your throat. Oh, shit. You know, because they were trying to force feed me this guy and how good he is and explosion this and super donkey that and I'm telling everybody I I don't know I don't really see much game with the guy I see a lot of dominant strength and shit but you know when you fast forward now and I'm I'm seeing reports I'm hearing people talk about yeah we gotta have four guys walking around this guy so the cameras can't see how he walking How many beignets is this nigga Zion eating down there for them to be having to put a fucking group of people around him while he traverses across land? 
What does that look like? What does yeah, that man. mean? Does that mean that he's really 315 like they talking about? That's incredible. It's a bad situation. I think <laughs> no, no, no. This is not because this is really it's bad. Because I think very bad situation. I think like, it's I also the, I told you so guy, but because it's not this is this situation isn't that this is some like this is some alarming stuff. Like maybe he has an eating disorder, or maybe they're not just doing right by him as an organization. Because they kind of I'm not gonna say they mishandled the Anthony Davis situation, but they didn't really help in that in that aspect. Right. But this is like this guy hasn't even been around the organization. He hasn't talked to CJ McCollum. Like that's there's a lot more going on in New Orleans than MCI. We don't I mean, and the weirdest part is that people in New Orleans think that he's a thousand percent healthy and is just waiting to get out of New Orleans. That's the thing. Like, that is the thing that people in New Orleans are actively thinking about. Like, they think that he is fine. He's not hurt. He just doesn't want to play in New Orleans anymore. And it's just a weird situation for a young guy like that. I just feel like there's a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure for him coming into the league, and he was supposed to be that guy and be the star player for New Orleans, you know, and, like, you know, fill 80 shoes, essentially. Um, And I think, you know, that was a lot for him. I mean, also – this is a guy who has a weird body type. Like, if you don't remember him in high school, he was a chunky kid who just had crazy bounce and explosion. And then when he got to Duke, they made him all chiseled out and turned him into a robot. But you got to remember that it's different from going from being in college and going to the pros. When you're in college, it's more so you're doing this, you're going to do it, and this is how it is. But when you become a pro, that becomes on you. We saw it happen with Omari Spellman from Villanova. He was nice and chiseled at Nova, won a national championship, got into the league, got down there in Atlanta, was having too much, uh, you know, fried chicken and waffles. And it went south for him. And now he in the G League. So it's 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 rough, bro, because you have to keep that same diligence, um, you know, that you had in college in the pros and keep your body in the same shape if you want to perform how you did. And I just think it's it's a struggle for him because he wants to eat what he wants to eat and he wants to live how he wants to live. Like you're a pro, you're, you know, it's it's a rigorous, those are rigorous seasons that you go through and, you know, you want to do what everybody else is doing. You want to have your fun. You're still a young guy. And I think he's trying to figure out and really navigate his career. And I, I think, which I think he may be a late bloomer. You know, I think he may have a, you know, grow as a player later on down the road. But right now, I think he has to figure out himself and, and what he really wants. Yeah, man, it's really it's really a weird situation because. I mean, for many of the things you said, but the, the thing that I take away most is like the attention to detail that you were talking about, like having that kind of set schedule in college versus having the freedom of being a pro and all the things that come with it in the pros. And in a city like New Orleans, like, um, I don't know how many people like the city of New Orleans in terms of being a pro. I've heard some people who play there that don't like it. I've heard people who love it. That's, you know, your word of semantics. But there's just things that I see that come out of New Orleans, and it's just weird to me, like, 
is he like did he really have like you said earlier they think that he's healthy i i heard that he was having a setback off a surgery that he had off another setback so it's like you can't even get a legit answer on what's going on with him. The whole thing is this big cloud over the organization. And everyone involved is kind of like, Zion, yeah, he's cool. Or Zion, yeah, he's around here. Or not. Nah, like, CJ McCollum, you top 50 player in the NBA, you get traded to a team, and the best player on that team doesn't reach out to you. That's weird. Mm-hmm. This guy not being around the organization for eight, nine weeks at a time, that's weird. Like, why are you as an organization, this is an asset that you invested in. Why are you allowing him to do all these away from team activities of working out or away from team nutritionists or whatever? Like, you guys should be working as a cohesive unit, whether it's him wanting to use his own guys and you guys guiding those guys or something happening has to come as a marriage because now it looks like it's Zion and Team Zion and the Pelicans as opposed of him being on the team. So, like, right. something's going on, man. And if it is him trying to force his way out and, you know, he always wants to – he always gives the Knicks all this super love. It's like, all right, that's cool. But then, like, what are you doing? Getting a younger version of Julius Randle without all the skill? Sure, fine. Dude, brothers unite, I guess. Even though RJ didn't trip out the other day. But I just don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know what the Knicks are thinking and even wanting that. I just it's it's real baffling. It's it's I don't know, man. It's it's just a weird ass situation. I just never thought Zion would go down this road. Like I was a believer that he should have been the first overall pick just because of how dominant he was. And I was never high on RJ or, you know, I mean, I was higher on cameras than I was on RJ, but um, I thought he was a better out of the three. But I just never expected it to go like this. Well, I can't say I agree. I thought that he would have, he should have been first pick. I just wasn't a big believer in the whole dunking around in the pros thing because even if you are doing that, it's the short-lived career because that's a lot of pressure on your body and your bones. We don't see guys just running around dunking their whole career and being successful. They eventually have to add to their game, and he doesn't really have the fluidity and the body type to do so. I so, love Russell Westbrook. Yeah, we saw his – I mean, we see his – I don't even know if it's his death perception, but just his <laughs> – his, <laughs> His, his accuracy as a shooter is diminished rapidly. And oddly enough, he's still shooting his career percentages, which tells me a whole different story. But right. We ain't, we ain't gonna talk about that. Cause like he do the triple double, like it's only one nigga who do the triple double better than him, and that's Kanye. And you should go and watch the fucking the fucking documentary because I'm glad like, you're caught up. I'm glad you're caught up. I had to wait to watch it. Thank you. I, I, I have to and like it's like this is a time for me as an avid Kanye fan to let the people like you who are not stop as stop, as stop, as stop, as stop, as stop. To my guy to learn a thing or two see a thing or he's two. my guy hey, you've never seen that Jay. footage 
I didn't know Ye made that Alicia Keys track. <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. <laughs> Himothy. You never it's seen cool. that footage, bro. I'm glad that you finally Not saw it. It is. I already knew the stories. Wow. I needed to see it. I'm a visual learner, so you don't know nothing about the wow verse. I walk okay. in with you you don't know yeah 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 no i needed to see i needed to see pharrell's face when he first heard the wire through the wire that was can we just talk about that for a second like a like imagine going from forcing your way on to a hove track hove telling you how to how to get it right in the studio Mm -hmm. you double back and niggas go it's fox man i just <laughs> like Jamie's in the joint. Shout out to the most talented black person in our generation by a wide, 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 wide margin. And that was and the only way that he was able to. And that was a, that was the only way he could record his album was going to Jamie's crib, which is wild. Shout out to the niggas you know. And then you double back and you go see Pharrell, and Pharrell's looking at you. And he's like, "Yo, you one of my favorite artists, and you ain't even an artist yet." Literally, those four people are mobile monsters in the music industry. And people want to turn around and tell me something ill about that guy, man. I get it. You don't like what's going on right now. That's cool. But when it comes to that music, that's 40 some odd years of influence. You, Your favorite records don't get made if that guy don't touch you. Facts. Or make the influence, or give y'all the Chicago drill in the public atmosphere and in, in the national media, all types of shit like that. Sample this. I don't. Well, say whatever. I don't even want to like. Yo, come on, man. Come on, know, man. I'm just saying, man. You're nasty. The boy's special. He just ain't going to get 200 out of me for no stem player. I don't, I'm cool. <laughs> well, somebody won't buy it for a nigga, but, you know. I guess that's TBD. Yeah, that, well, nah, that ain't TBD. That's a finite thing because I'm <laughs> not getting that. Ooh. No, no. Woo, woo, woo. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. Right